All right, good to be back with you here again today. Yes, I hope that you're having a great day today. How was your Christmas? Fantastic, fantastic. Um, all the family was together. Boy, we had a great time. A lot of sickness, but uh, uh, we got through it, and uh, we're just praising the Lord. It, it was good. We had everyone here, and uh, the sickness held off until um, after we got our, our celebration through. But uh, it's flu season, so um, yes. But yeah, I hope you had a, a wonderful Christmas as well. But we're going to be talking about. Uh, we talked. We we're going to get to this last week. But we were, we want to talk about the home, as we mentioned last week. Uh, this, this is the root cause of a lot of society's ills and problems. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the sad thing. You know, a lot of folks would say that I, we are controversial. And uh, really, what I preach today is what everybody preached 50, 60 years ago. The problem is that we have gotten so used to the darkness. Now it seems like the darkness is, well, that blinds our eyes. We just can't handle um, even a little bit of light anymore. So you say that quite often, that this is the way everybody preached, you know, 50, I guess you probably need to say about 60 or 70 years ago now. Um, but uh, is that really true? Well, certainly there was com compromisers um, all throughout history. But as far as understanding basics, the, the basics of the home, you know, from my perspective and my experience, it's everybody understood a man was a man, a woman was a woman, you know, and uh, we could define marriage. We understood what a child's role was in the home and what a woman's role was in the home. And it really didn't take the Bible. It just was the common sense, although the Bible certainly backs it up. But um, now everything is backwards and upside down. I mean, throughout history, it just seemed like the men went to war. Women stayed home. It seemed like the men went out and provided for the family and women stayed home and raised the children. Uh, now you got Mr. Mom, and now you got, um, you know, women that are going out and just um, uh, supplying for the home when really that's not what God intended. Well, um, would you say that our convenient first world uh, lifestyle that we live is kind of given, uh, given that opportunity? Because back in the 1800s, 1700s, there was no you know, reversal of the roles, it couldn't be. It was impossible. That's right. I mean, you couldn't buy a baby formula. If the baby was going to eat, the mom was going to feed it. There was no, you could not be Mr. Mom. Um, you know, the uh, the women, if, if the home was going to run, and you know what, a housework back then would put a lot of men, you know, uh, it was it was hard work. It was hard work. And the women worked hard, but the men worked harder. And the work in the field was something that the women couldn't handle. The women, there could be no reversal of the roles back in the old days, but even today, um, the, the hard manual labor um, is is all men. But now it, it we live in a in a, in a world where uh, a, a lot of a lot of the money making that we can do is sitting at a desk. That's kind of given the ability for there to be some com some confusion there. Well, here's the problem with that: it's people are worshiping the almighty dollar rather than doing the will of God. It is the will of God, the Bible says, that women stay home, guide the home, bear children. Love their husbands. That's what the scriptures say. I know there's a lot of, lot of Christian women that would really go against that, and they'd go against me, but really they're going against God. I mean, that's what the clear teaching of scripture is. And um, to, to fight that is to fight against God. To disagree with that is to disagree with God. Yeah. Um, you know, I heard it said, it may have been you that said it, but God's will for, for mostly every woman is to get married and have children. And God's will for pretty much every man is to get married, get married and have a family. Now, that, there's exceptions to that, 
But uh, now we want to, we, like you said, we've, we've worshipped the almighty dollar. We want to give everybody this, well, you don't have to get married. You don't have to tie yourself down. You don't have to, you don't have to be a slave to the home, I guess, is the way they look at it. So, you know, woman, go out and get your career. Man, wait to get married. Um, when really, that's neglecting, I would say, God's will for most everybody. That's right. To get married and have a family. That's right. Um, you know, there may be, you know, obviously, we got some examples in Scripture of people that didn't get married. When we say, well, no, you know, wait, get your career first, or, uh, you know, we're sacrificing the higher calling. Okay, let me make everybody mad that's listening. To be a failure as a wife is to be a failure in life <laughs> for the vast majority of women. Because it says right in the word of God, I will therefore that the younger women marry. Mm-hmm. It is God's will that the younger women marry. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes that's, that's not going to happen. But it ought to be her desire to want to be married. Mm-hmm. And, and I really uh, know what it is. You can see that from a, a young age. Four- and five-year-olds are pretending to be mommy. They want to dress up. They dream of their wedding day. I mean, five- and six-year-old girls. Boys ain't doing that. No. You know? <laughs> but God has put that in, uh, like you said. Uh, God gives us the desire to do what he wants us to do. Yeah. And so it really is the epitome of rebellion to, to go against not only God's will, but your own will. Um, God wants, it, for example, if God calls you to be a missionary, you're going to want to be a missionary. Mm. That's what you're going to want to do. If God calls you to want to be, say, an engineer, well, he's going to give you a love for, for numbers. God will prepare, prepare the person for the work that he has prepared them to do. Mm. And uh, he'll give you all that you need to do what he has called you to do, yeah. and including the desire to do that. Um, our God is really a wonderful God, and, um, you know, a lot of this, you know, where God has got to pull teeth to get somebody to, to do his will, that's that's not really true. It's really the epitome of rebellion when a person does not do what he himself wants to do because God has given that des- him that desire, and, uh, yeah, that, and that's and- really what the depth of sin is, just rebellion against God. Because this is what God wants me to do, I'm not going to do it. And the roles in the home is one one manifestation of that, but also we can talk about homosexuality being another manifestation of that. Yeah. Um, it's it's rebelling against what, what is natural, what God has given us a desire for, and uh, what uh, God commanded us to do. You Take- know, if everybody were homosexual... Um, that would lead to the extinction of the human race. I mean, it's self-defeating practice. Right. Um, That's know, right. And, and, and it's not natural. No matter what anybody says, it's unnatural, ungodly. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with alcohol, for example. God does not want us to drink alcohol, so he gives us a natural aversion to it. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't like it the first time, but why do we keep going back? Mm-hmm. The reason is because of rebellion. Yeah. yeah that's the good bottom point. line. Yeah. That's something we've talked about many times is, if uh, it, you know, is it man's rebellion that is? Uh, are we just if you know if God were to command us to do some of these things, like if God were to command us to drink alcohol, would our rebellion you know cause us to just just out of rebellion take the other route? Now I I'm think gonna, so. Yeah, I do too. We've talked about that before. But anyway, you've teached you taught on the home uh, in May. I did about four weeks, four or five weeks, and um, boy, you had some some very interesting things to say, one of which you read from the curriculum of a public school home economics course. And so we were going to play uh, a few minutes of your your Sunday school lesson, um, talking about roles. And 1950 home economics um, yeah. <laughs> textbook, 
from taught, the public school. From the public school system. Now, and uh, uh, so you read some of that, and that's going to drop some of some people's jaws there. But let's go ahead and listen to uh, a few minutes of this, and then uh, we'll talk about what you said. Um, and uh, really, this the home and getting back to what God desi- desired and designed would, would solve so many problems. Here's what you're going to do. Here's all these ladies out there, especially when you got young young children, you got to chase your career. This is all that you're going to do. First of all, you're going to chase the career when those children need you in those early formative years. They're going to go without because they need a mother. That baby, that young child needs its mother. So all you're going to do is you're going to have a big house that you're never going to live in, and you're going to alienate your kids from you. They're going to get older and turn away from everything that you teach and believe, and they may call you on Christmas and Easter, and they're dead sure not going to follow in your footsteps regarding religion. So all you did for the most part is bring this three or four children into this world only to send them to hell in the next world, as mm. far as I'm concerned. Man. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. All for the almighty dollar. All for the almighty dollar. Or for women's lib or some stupid idea like that. That's right, because we can't see past today. Yeah. You know, got to keep up with the Joneses, and uh, we're, li- we're, we're lied to constantly. Well, you want to be happy, you got to be a feminist. Ain't none of those feminist women are feminine at all. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. Proverbs 31 sac- woman is feminine. And they're sacrificing the greatest influence they could have. You know, if you take if you take something that was designed for a purpose and use it for not a different purpose, it may it, you may be able to get the job done, but you, it's not nearly as effective. That's right. Um, but anyway, so let's listen to a little a few minutes of this, and then we'll talk about it. Home for the last what four weeks? Uh, I believe though no, this will be the fourth week, and I'll talk to you about it again today. Eighty percent of marriages are not what God intended them to be. Fifty percent of all marriages end in divorce. About 70% of second marriages end in divorce. About almost 90% of third marriages end in divorce. Might as well get it right because once you start going down the wrong road, next time it's easier to get divorced, easier to get divorced after that. One main problem is because we're not ready to get married and uh, we're not guided by God's will. And um, we ought to have a marriage to the honor and glory of God. But most people, most people, Christian and lost people will say, you know, I'm kind of disappointed with my marriage, and hopefully that's not the case, and it shouldn't be the case for any child of God. You cannot go wrong doing it the right way. And if you want to have a Christian marriage, you're going to have to do it the Bible way. There is no alternative. Divorce is not an alternative. Um, We need to work on our marriage, as I've been saying, every single day. Every single day, you must work on your marriage. Say something kind to your wife or husband and um, pray for that person every day. You must work on your relationships every single day. Um, if you don't, it gets stagnant. And if you don't work on it and continue to improvement and it grows in grace, then it's only going to get worse. We talked about the four C's of, of a successful marriage. Number one is commitment. That's a decision. You're going to stay married. And divorce is not an option. Neither is a stagnant marriage an option. Okay. And then number two, communication. You've got to learn to communicate. If you cannot learn to communicate and talk with your spouse on a heart-to-heart level, not worrying about getting you know, your head bit off or something, um, you've you, you got to work on that. The problem is people that have communication problems have problems that they can never get to because they can never get to the problem because they cannot work and talk out their problems. You've got, we've got to learn how to communicate. It's a skill that must be learned. Proverbs speaks a whole lot about the skill of communication. Not only is it a skill, but it takes wisdom. 
The Bible speaks about the wisdom of the tongue, and we need to be wise in the area of talking and the tongue and communication. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, roles today and duties and responsibilities, a husband and a wife. And then, if you remember, also we looked at charity last week. So those are the four C's. You need commitment. You need communication. You need to understand what your roles are. Um, the confusion of roles um, is a serious problem. And, uh, and then, of course, charity. Agape love, you might say, but charity. And as we said last week, I want to say it again. It is, <clears throat> charity is total surrender, total surrender. It's agape love, okay? And, um, and so one of the problems that we have is that we think that, and you, you'll find that a lot of married counselors will tell you compromise is the genius and the golden key of a happy marriage. That is absolutely unbiblical. That is absolutely wrong. It only reveals, compromise only reveals that there's something spiritually wrong. There should never have to be any compromise, at least in the sense that I'm going to say, and I'm going to explain why. If you were here last week, you'll know what I'm talking about, uh, but I just want to mention it again. Compromise should not be a part of, the reason why we have compromise is because we don't have charity and we don't understand roles. Um, we just don't understand roles. Well, the Bible says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself up, is not puffed up. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5. If you didn't see this last week, I want you to go ahead and turn there and underline where it says, Seeketh not her own. It doth not. Charity does not. Agape love, godlike love, sacrificial love, um, doth not behave itself unseemly, is not looking for an argument, a fight, and whatnot. Um, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. You know, that's, that's a sign that charity is missing in a relationship. Okay? But underline the phrase, seeketh not her own. Okay? Compromise by its very definition is both sides giving a little to keep the peace. That, should, that, that is foreign to what charity is, Bible-based love is, and so many other verses. The Bible says, let no man seek his own. Nobody should be seeking their own or to get their own way uh, in a relationship. But every man, the needs, the wealth, and uh, the preferences of others. In Romans chapter 12 and verse number 10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. You want to prefer what she wants, and she should prefer what you want. That's what God wants, and there would be no argument there um, at all. There would be this no give and take. You say, well, I'm just going to, here, what we're going to do is we're both going to compromise. We're both going to give a little. Well, why not give a little bit more? Why not give a little bit more than that? In fact, why don't you just go all the way and practice charity and just give it all? Um, die to self. I mean, what about all the verses that talk about dying to self? What about all the verses that say taking up your cross daily and following the Lord? Um, we're supposed to um, live the crucified life, right? And prefer one another. Charity, by definition, is preferring one another. Is not envious of one another. That's what it says right there. Seeketh not her own. Charity seeks the, the wants of the other person. Um, as Jesus prayed, not my will but thine be done. Um, that's what we ought to start right there. God, not my will but thine be done. And God's will is for you to exercise charity. And charity, the Bible says, seeketh not her own. Seeketh not her own. 
Charity is not interested in getting your rights and your way, but charity finds satisfaction in giving up rather than um, fighting for your, your rights and what you want. Um, I've said it before, all things being equal, um, if she wants one thing and you want another, both of you ought to be willing to say, uh, I would be happy just, just for you to have what your want would be. I mean, after all, how could you be happy that, you know, say, for example, she wants to go to Disney World now, Christian shouldn't be going to Disney World now. You know, it, it, it's become a wicked, family-oriented, that's thrown out the door. It's queer-oriented now. That's exactly what it is. But, you know, in the days when you could go, and, um, and I wanted to go to the Grand Canyon, she wanted to go to Disney World, we would go to Disney World. I wouldn't be happy going to the Grand Canyon knowing that she'd want to go to Disney World. It's just called charity. And when you have true charity, you don't have to worry about, well, you tell me what you want, and I'll tell you what, what, what I want. I mean, it, it reveals a lack of charity when you ask your spouse what you want, and then you tell your spouse uh, what, what you want, and then you tell them what you want. You ask them what they want, and then you say, well, this is what I want. The very fact that you go there proves that you lack charity. You should just, why? Why ask, right? Isn't that, uh, isn't that, isn't that right? Charity, that's what the Bible says. Charity prefers one another. It seeketh not her own. It is not satisfied in having its own needs met, but charity is satisfied in meeting the needs and wants and desires of others. That's what it says. Now, help me out now. I know we got some Baptist ameners not here, but if you've got a Baptist, if you've got an ameners and it's broke, go ahead and go out to the car and get it. We'll get another battery in it. You've got to help me now, all right? And uh, uh, to, to me, I, I know it's not easy. You see, what we're talking about with charity, charity is a gift of God. Charity is a fruit of the Spirit. Now, we're talking about this is Christians can do this, but lost people can't because they, they don't, they've not been regenerated. They, they're still dead in trespasses and sin. But once we get saved, we get love, joy, peace, long-suffering, the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. Okay? Now, I, I just want to say this again. If you truly have charity, you won't be happy trying to get your way. The satisfaction of charity is complete surrender, not fighting for as much as you can get out of the deal. Charity knows nothing of negotiation, and the reason why it spirals down to negotiation is because marriages are not charity-based. I've said this a million times, and I want to say it a million more times, Lord, you know, Lord willing. You get more by giving than you do by demanding. Listen, you'll get more by giving than you will by taking. All of these marriage retreats, I'm just going to, you know, I've never been one to mince words. Um, and I know that what I'm going to say right now, and it's like every Sunday, I know I'm going to say something's going to make somebody mad. But honestly, I don't do that on purpose. It's just natural for me. <laughs> it just comes natural. But um, all of these marriage retreats and these marriage seminars are a waste of money. They, they never had that 200 years ago. There was no psychology 200 years ago. There was none of the psychiatry two, 300 years ago. All they had is church. And all they needed to do then as well as now is repent. 
and just get right with God. Amen. You don't have to go to no marriage retreat or marriage seminar to learn how to be a good husband or wife or how to have a good, happy marriage. You want to know why? Because I know that because you didn't have to look. All you got to do is just do what you did um, to win her. Do the same thing. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Amen? And it doesn't take a lot of stuff. I had a guy, talk about a dumb man. I had a guy years ago, his marriage was on the rocks, and I was saying, I was giving him some stuff like this, and he says, no, we're going to go to, and this is what he said, we're going to Honolulu, and we're going to go to a marriage retreat, and we are going to, and he did. We're going to spend lots of money, I'm going to put the time and the money, all that I need into this marriage to make it work. He came back and was divorced within a year. Honolulu's not going to help. God helps. You know, God, God, God does this. And uh, we got to turn to God rather than away from God. All of these marriage retreats, all of them. And by the way, the people that go are the ones that don't need to go. And the people that would, should go, they won't go. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just simply say this. I, I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So when we first got married, you know, I was always right and she was always wrong. And, and uh, well, things weren't going as well as I wish they would have went. So I went to one of those marriage things, cost me $75 a month, and it helped me at all. You know what I found out? This is a big waste of time and money. All I needed to do was practice true Bible principles. That's all. You know what the Bible says? Only by pride comes contention. Man, I told you a story one time. So, you know, my mother gave me an old black and white television. I had it since we were a kid. And boy, I like watching Happy Days and all that stuff. So I was going to relive the old life. And she saw Happy Days and she said, I cannot believe a Christian would watch such filth on television. I said, excuse me, St. Sally. <laughs> and so we got in this big, she was attacking my she was attacking my upbringing, you know. But you know what? Rather than just, all I needed to do was just get rid of that thing. But, you know, I did get rid of it. I said, okay, fine then. I pulled the plug out of it, just yanked it out, took it up, and just, you know, basketball. Threw it into the dumpster. Back of there. Now, you happy? As if that's going to help. That ain't true charity, you know. When you give out spite. True charity is when you prefer one another willingly. Amen. Amen. Not with a chip on your shoulders or making the other person feel bad about how they feel. You knew what to do. You don't, none, none of these. They're a waste of time. One trip to an old-fashioned Baptist church where the preacher preaches sin and righteousness and holiness and godliness and the word of God will do more than a year's supply of those marriage seminars. Amen. Amen. You knew what to do before you got married. Now you've got to be taught again. You're going to, you have somebody go and tell you, well, you wrote letters before, just write letters again. You know? You prayed for it before, pray for her again. You know? I don't need to spend a whole lot of money to go to some hotel to teach me that. I thought that's why the church is all we need for spiritual help. Amen. And I ain't dead sure not going to one of these Catholic retreats or Presbyterian retreats. There is no way. That just ain't going to happen. Amen. But be that as it may, you spoke kind words then, speak kind words now. You took walks then. What is so wrong with a man saying, I just want to spend a little bit of time with you. Let's go for a walk and hold hands and walk down by the river. That'll do, that'll do 
so much for your marriage. Amen? You did it before, just do it again. You looked nice for him before. Now we're plowing down the other land. <laughs> right? That's right. You put on that perfume and everything before. And then you wrote letters. You wrote letters, and then at the bottom, I love you. And that wasn't enough. With all my heart, you know, all my soul, <laughs> all that stuff, you know. Um, and, and then you, you sprayed it with perfume. And then inside of it was a, a bunch of hearts, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and we wonder that way. Why can't we do the same thing now? Now, I'm not saying you ought to do it every day. Now, let me tell you this. Um, but you need to do it regularly. If you do it every day, then it's not special. You need to think of new and exciting ways like you did when you were dating, unless you shacked up when you were dating. Then, then it's all screwed up. But even that situation can get right with God. All right, so you said uh, one the very first thing that I know would um, <clears throat> probably took some people by surprise is that co compromise is not the genius of marriage. Oh, I'm telling you. People think, well, we got a good marriage, so we're, we're, we're meeting in the middle. That's the, that, that you do that with the devil. Compromise by its very by its very definition, is you think you're right, or this is right, and this is wrong. Therefore, I can't have all right, and I don't want all wrong, so I'm going to do a little bit of right, a little bit of long, wrong, a little bit of you know, hot, a little bit of cold. You know, All that makes us for lukewarm Christians. You know, So, okay, well, I know what you're saying, preacher, then I'm just going to be the boss man in my house, and she's going to do what I say when I say. That's the bottom line. Well, that's, that's even worse. Um, charity, as we were saying in the sermon, is um, preferring one another. You know, and the very fact that, that you have to say, well, what do you want? And I'll tell you what I want. And then we'll kind of talk it out. All you're going to do is argue eventually, you know, so you might as well just practice charity and say, OK, well, if this is what she wants. Then I'm just going to this is what she wants. Then we're going to do it. One thing you said um, at, during these series, and I don't know if you said it in this one or another week, is you said the man is to be the spiritual leader of the home. Yep. And then you said the woman is to manage the home. And so the man is to make the decisions for spiritual guidance. Yes. And I love what you said. You gave an example of uh, what, you know, what we're going to allow on the television or, um, you know, what we're going to allow our kids to participate in as far as from a spiritual mindset. You know, no, you know, you're not going to, you know, daughter's not going to go do gymnastics and wear a hat next to nothing. You know, we're not doing that. I'm going to veto that, that spiritual decision right there. Yes. Um, but then the woman is, the wife is to manage the home and you say this all the time <laughs> i don't know how true it is but you say <laughs> if i were to come home and she had the couch hanging from the ceiling <laughs> i wouldn't say a word <laughs> um and you say that um it just illustrating the point that um that's her job uh and then you know i have no right to i'm if that's a responsibility i have no right to encroach on that um but also she doesn't have the right to uh you know take take the, the, the reins of the spiritual leadership either. And so this total surrender certainly doesn't come down to those areas. Uh, I, 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 at least that's what I'm picking Absolutely. up what you're saying. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening in this week. That was part one of a two-part episode. We'll pick it up right here next week. See you then. <laughs>